Glad to have you back. Bill Michaels show on a Monday. Good weekend of AFC and NFC Championship football. And uh, now we anticipate the game coming up in uh, Los Angeles uh, two weeks from yesterday. And both teams getting set, implementing game plans this week. And then uh, on Sunday night or Monday, they get to L.A. Uh, although the Rams are already there, but uh, Cincinnati will get to L.A. And then they have their uh, abridged version of opening night and then let all the fun and festivities begin. And then we uh, have the Super Bowl two weeks from yesterday. So we'll see. And, and two great stories. You know, Cincinnati's never won one. So uh, they've been there a couple of times, but they've never won one. So Joe Burrow in his second year after helping that uh, LSU Bengal Tiger program put itself together and winning a national championship there, then goes into Cincinnati in only his second year. He uh, has this team in the Super Bowl. And make no mistake about it, I mean, they're there doing part to the quarterback, which is why, okay, I want to go back to this, which is why, and, and I was asked this yesterday, we got into this discussion uh, when we were watching the, the, the game, um, well, can they just build, you know, can, can Jordan Love take over the Packers and they just build a good defense? No. No. you you got to have good quarterback play. You've got to. It was somewhat of an anomaly that Jimmy Garoppolo, and Garoppolo is, for he was the worst of the four quarterbacks on Sunday. There's no doubt about that. And maybe the worst of the quarterbacks that were in the postseason. But uh, I'd probably put him above, maybe right there with Tannehill. He's, he's not a statistical machine. He just did enough. And, you know, you can question whether or not Shanahan should have gone to Trey Lance and had Lance help them out at some point or another and get some snaps and, and just change things up and, and try to be able to move the football. But uh, you would assume they're going to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, that it's going to become Trey Lance's team, okay, if they believe Trey Lance is the real deal. But you got to have good quarterback play. We've seen it. Look at the battle that Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes had. And I know there were people yesterday that said, look, you know, going into that game that we've got a new era. The new Brady Manning is now Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen. And I might beg to differ that the new, you know, Brady Manning might be Mahomes and Joe Burrow. As good as Joe Burrow is. Now, whether or not Cincinnati stays with the intestinal fortitude to be able to spend the money and bring in the talent, we'll wait and see because they have been one-hit wonders when it comes to going to a Super Bowl and watching it all dismantle so they can make more money year after year after that. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, it could end up being those two and what Joe Burrow has been able to do for that franchise. But clearly, Patrick Mahomes wasn't Patrick Mahomes in the second half of that game. Part of it was on him. Part of it was on the Bengals just playing really solid defense. I think part of it might have been some play calls, but Patrick Mahomes made some mistakes in that contest. Um, so we'll, we'll, but you got to have a good, you got to have a good quarterback. You just do. You got a veteran in Matthew Stafford and the up and comer in Joe Burrow. First overall pick. You got to have good quarterback play again. Again, you got to have good quarterback play to win in the Super Bowl or to get there. Basically, uh, the majority of the time, let me say that the majority of the time it proves all, it proves more true often than not. Um, Peter said the Packers need a tight end, in my opinion. Um, well, like I said, you're going to get Tunyon back coming off of the injury. You have the opportunity to retain him. 
Um, I, you know, again, if, if one is there, how many positions are you going to need to fill? Because how many people are you going to be able to bring back? If you don't, if you're able to convince Devondre Campbell to give you some kind of a deal and stay, which I doubt, but you just need depth at the linebacker position. Outside pass rush, you're going to have to probably replace it area Smith, Preston Smith. Um, what are they going to do with Adrian Amos? You know, you got to get another safety. Does Darnell Savage become now your guy, and then you have to bring in another another guy? Adrian Amos, for as much as you can talk about his value, he's just been a kind kind of that center fielder, that commander, that that captain of the secondary. That's just been good. He's been very quiet. But you don't hear about him making huge mistakes at inopportune times. And he is, if you watch closely, he is a guy that puts guys in position to be successful. Kind of finger points and guides guys. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would uh, I would uh, agree with that. Um, that you may need uh, other other you know pieces in the draft. Now, when it comes to the draft, you're pretty deep at the offensive line position. But I still go back. You're you're good at the running back position, but you need wide receiver. You need wide receiver. You got it. You got to figure it out at wide receiver. Sam says uh, Amos is still under contract. Yeah, but there's a lot of talk about cutting him because of the size of the contract. So. So there's a lot of money to be figured out. I mean, you'd love to. I mean, there's some guys that are still under contract, but you're not going to pay them what, what, you know, what it is. By the way, and I'm sitting here looking at a, uh, a secondary map that went on sale for SoFi Stadium for the Super Bowl coming up. Um, if you would like, get this, and if you would like a suite on the 50-yard line, tickets available on the 50-yard line, and not uh, not a suite, in front of the suites. They're going for 24950 bucks. Tickets in the very upper section, in 642, which is, or, excuse me, in 542, section 542, which puts you at about the end zone or goal line in the very top of the stadium, they're going for $5,800 right now on the secondary market. Now, we'll see this come down eventually. If you want to be in the back corner of the end zone, third row from the top, it's going for $4,800. Tickets in the club section, 50-yard line, lower level, $36,560. And, I mean, it just kind of goes from there. It's crazy money already for the Super Bowl. You're going to see a lot, a lot of of L.A. fans and not a lot of Bengals fans. You'll see some Bengals fans, but nowhere near the amount. That's just not that level of money in in the Queen City. You just don't have that. It's very Milwaukee-esque. You'll have people that'll go, don't get me wrong. But you're not going to have nearly the crowd had it been, say, to Miami or, you know, if, if L.A. fans weren't there is my, my point. But that's that's a chunk of change. Holy mackerel. Holy mackerel. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, this, is from, uh, this is from Gregory who says, uh, hey, Bill, what do you make of Tom Brady and the retirement? 
I have uh, I have said this. Uh, we said it, talked about it earlier in the program. Um, was I think Brady's going to retire? I think Gronk then retires, and it's a Brady and Gronk with Roethlisberger on the stage at Canton in July, going in August. Uh, I, I I still think that. I think what happened, and this this kind of threw the uh, cautionary tale up for me, was that Jim Gray, who has been Brady's guy, they do a podcast together. He was quiet. I the, when when the when the news broke, first of all, uh, my girlfriend Kristen is from Providence, Rhode Island. Huge. I mean, her family still to this day has uh, New England Patriots season tickets. I mean, they're huge Patriots fans, but she's a huge Brady fan. Uh, it was almost to where she was. Almost inconsolable once the word broke that Tom Brady was retiring. I think what happened was word got out. And instead of allowing Jim Gray to break it, word got out between Schefter and Darlington and company. More so Darlington. Darlington broke it, and then Schefter said he followed it up, and then Ian Rappaport said he followed it up. And before you know it, the NFL Network had it, uh, ESPN had it, Fox had it, everybody had it. And I think it pissed Brady off. I don't think Brady comes back and plays another year because of spite, that he's just going to prove everybody wrong, that he is indeed going to play. Now, if he still has the fire to play, great, but there has not been an official notification coming out of the Tampa Bay organization. But he also, because somebody had said to me, well, why in the world would Brady or Rodgers or anybody, you know, when these guys are still playing at a MVP level, why would they retire? That's just crazy. Look, it's two completely different circumstances than some of the young guys. Let's say then a Joe Burrow or a Patrick Mahomes or anybody else, even a Matthew Stafford for that matter. Brady is going on 45 years old. He'll be 45 this year. 45. And still playing a game at a high level, but it's the rigors of the NFL, for God's sakes. It's the rigors of the NFL. You're getting hit by guys that are 25 and 26 and 28, and they're bringing the wood to knock you off the throne. They're wanting to hit you as hard as they've ever hit anybody because of who you are. And you've got to not only get yourself as an old guy in this business ready to play, but to be able to then sustain all of that. And at some point, being the greatest to ever play, and especially if you're coming back this season, with a team that's going to be less than capable of getting to a Super Bowl, why would he want to do that again? Other than just strictly competitive spirit. Because at this point in your career, you're playing for championships or you're not playing, right? I mean, that, that's what it is. And he talks about spending time with his family and about, you know, doing more things at home and, you know, hanging out with the wife and saying, look, I get it. Okay. You know, you've earned it. You've earned it. Rogers, on the other hand, this isn't a matter of Rogers retiring because he's done with the game. This is, again, if Rogers is making 15, 18, 22 million dollars, this is a no brainer. Rogers is here for the next three, four, five years. No brainer. But because of the money and the contract and the salary cap, it forces a dictation in some way, shape, or form. It, go, it forces you to go in a direction that maybe you don't want to go. And it may force Rodgers to look in the mirror and say, look, do I go somewhere else 
and try to win a championship and try to follow in Brady's footsteps and try to get my second ring. Roethlisberger has two. Brady has seven. Gronk's got some. So if he would retire right now, he'd be going on the stage as the low man on the totem pole. Okay? Great player, but low man on the totem pole when it comes to championships. He's walking up there with one. They're walking up there with pocketfuls. Right? And Rodgers is not leaving the game because of the lack of will to win. He would be leaving because his situation just dictates it. That's it. So, to me, that's why if I'm Rodgers, I'm looking at my circumstance and I'm saying, look, if, if, if it truly is not about the money, as he stated in that opening press conference early in training or just before training camp this year, if it's truly not about the money and just about winning, then you got to step back and say, I, I'm, I need to put a team around me. I need you to have the funds to put a team around me. Let's do this. Because if you still want all the money, all the glory, and try to win, and to be a part of green, it, it just it, it doesn't go hand in hand right now. And he has to understand that. We've talked about this a thousand times. So he wouldn't be retiring because he can't cut it. Brady's not retiring because he can't cut it. They would be walking away from the game if indeed that happened. I'm not saying it will, but if indeed that happened because of circumstance, not because of ability. Brady just may say, look, I've earned it. You know, I just, I'm, I'm going to walk away. I just want to want to go out. I'm done. 45 years old. I've done this damn near longer than anybody in NFL history. I'm the most decorated player in NFL history. I don't, there's nothing more left for me to prove other than just to play because of the love of the game, which is possible. But it's not likely if he doesn't have a legitimate shot at winning, right? That's the reason. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. So my thought on, on Brady was it just got out. And his boy didn't leak it, and that's the reason he got pissed. So we'll see what actually ends up happening. Uh, If you want to give us a shout, by all means, go ahead and do so. Uh, Phone lines are wide open. You can find us on email as well. And uh, got a lot of good things coming up later on in the program. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. Quick Trip Trip right now is looking for drivers, Uh, over-the-road drivers, uh, to drive whether it's the fuel trucks or the delivery trucks. And you can make upwards of ninety to 105000 bucks. So they're not doing it on the cheap either. So if you're looking for a terrific career with a growing and terrific company, check out our friends at Quick Trip. Go to quicktripguide.com and you can see all the information right there. Or just stop in. Stop in and ask. That is our friends over there at Quick Trip. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This is from uh, Brewer Dave. How do I get out of my depression? This was it for the Green Bay Packers. I feel like now we are at the end of an era. Do you feel the same? Um, that's a great question. I, you know what? I did at the end of the season, 
Yes. Yes. I felt like when the season ended, and I talked about that in that video that I did, that uh, Facebook Live, that it was a changing of the guard. It was the end of an era. You had 30 years uh, plus of uh, Hall of Fame quarterback play. You got to three Super Bowls. You won two. Numerous NFC Championship games in which, uh, for numerous reasons, the team faltered, and it it, it didn't it, it didn't work out. It, it just it just didn't. Um. So, uh, but if you can kind of keep the band together and keep it, say, a, a commitment of the next three, four years, then no, I think you still have a legitimate shot. However, you now have, and always have had, though, a target on your back, but even more so with, again, the changing of the guard down in Chicago. As the uh, new brain trust in Chicago now speaks, uh, take a listen to what the Bears' new general manager says Ryan Poles about uh, kind of giving you the, the the warning shot over the bow of the NFC North. Take a listen. What am I about, and how? And what's my philosophy? We're going to build through the draft. We're going to acquire young, fast, and physical football players. We're going to be selective in free agency, and we're going to connect evaluation with valuation. We're going to have a, a relentless approach to fix our weakness. We're going to maintain great self-awareness self of who we are. We're going to solve problems with open communication and candor. And we're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. And the last thing, the most important piece, is we're going to take the North and never give it back. There you go. We're going to take the North and we're never going to give it back. I'm the positive Pete right yeah, I'm positive Pete. Uh, wasn't it Lovey Smith who came in and said that he his goal was to, number one, beat the Packers? And after that, everything was a trickle-down effect. And Lo- Lovey Smith was really the last to have continued success. Matt Nagy was pretty successful in his first couple of years, and then after that, it was just a, a lot of misery. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's not as easy to do when you have Hall of Fame quarterback play. Now, should Aaron Rodgers retire, then I think it certainly opens things up. But, um, yeah, another the, – the Bears have, have certainly put the Green Bay Packers in the north in the crosshairs of the uh, the rest of the league. So there you go. You know what um, I don't get, or, Bill? When, yeah, go ahead. Can you think of the last time hiring a defensive coach when you have a young quarterback has worked out? I feel like every great young quarterback in the league with a young coach, it's because they're an offensive coach. Take away right. Belichick and Brady 20 years ago, but I don't think that counts. Right. But Belichick also had very strong offensive personnel with him. But, um, yeah, I, I don't uh, – I mean, just look at it right now. McVay, strong offense. Shanahan, strong offense. LaFleur, strong offense. Now, even though he inherited Rodgers, still very strong offense. Um the I'm trying to think who else, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, um, you know, he's obviously Kyler Murray and what he's doing there. Zach Taylor. 
Zach Taylor um, is an offensive guy. Um, and I still am not even that fond of Zach Taylor, but you can't argue with the results. I mean, you got to give him all the credit in the world for what's going on. So, yeah, when you look at these young quarterbacks that you're going to mold, which is why the development uh, of Tre- Trevor Lawrence, I I really wonder what – because I really thought he was equipped to come into the NFL and start to be successful. Now, whether or not he was going to be successful as um, Joe Burrow, I don't know. But when you look at uh, Trevor Lawrence, he was completely stymied by the Urban Meyer, you know, hey, I'll be the head coach, but I don't want to really put the work in philosophy, so to speak. Um, yeah, man, it's yeah, I, I would I would assume so they, to go. You have to now remember they hired Luke Getze as their offensive coordinator. So Luke Getze, who was the quarterback, it's a pretty smart hire when you think about it. Not only is he going to be the play caller, but he was the quarterback coach for Aaron Rodgers, who they hired now to be the offensive play caller and the quarter and the guy to elevate their new quarterback in Chicago. It's not a bad move. It's really not. You know? It's not a bad move at all. And when you mentioned Belichick, I mean, even think about Belichick now. You know, what he's got going on there because, you know, he picked up Mac Jones this year. And Mac Jones started out, I mean, very methodically, uh, didn't start out fantastic, um, and then grew as the season went on. So, you know, you look at what they have. And uh, obviously now, you know, things have changed there because, um, you know, the Raiders obviously going out and hiring Josh McDaniel away. But, uh, but Josh McDaniel's a very strong offensive guy considered to be one of the better play callers under Belichick uh, in probably the entire Belichick era. And uh, so he was really there to help develop uh, Mac Jones for what he brought to the. So I, I, I give Belichick's just a, a very good coach. I think it's both sides of the ball. He's more defensive minded. There's no doubt about that, but he's just a very good coach. He's just, there's some coaches you look at and go, okay, that's that guy's the savant. He's, he's just got a whole different plane. You know, he's figured out the matrix as a coach yeah Sean McDermott is the one the one defensive coach yeah. or defensive minded coach that has a young quarterback and is developing well but overall right. I, I I don't know I don't know if that defensive coordinator is the best guy to go with fields but Getsy is I guess yeah, you put him in Getsy, the building it's better yeah if you if you bring in a really strong offensive guy that you have a rapport with a belief in has had good success that type of thing or has learned really well to be able to pass along a lot of those traits, then yeah, it's 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 a one hundred percent. It's a true terrific move. Or Getzi's just trying to get in front of Hackett and just take Rogers to Chicago. Yeah, see if that yep. works out. Yeah. Well, Getzi was not going to go to Denver because he was not going to call plays. Hackett was going to still call the plays there. Right. So uh, here's the other thought, and and then people are bringing this up over on the Bud Light live stream. But what I thought would happen over the weekend never happened. All is quiet on Mo Drayton. And I'm quite frankly now, I I have talked to a a couple of people that say, once you start to lose coordinators and lose coaches, you have to shuffle your lineup. So you're concerned about shuffling your lineup. That's where your concern comes from. But I cannot believe that Mo Drayton is still around as the special teams coach of the Green Bay Packers. I'm the positive Pete right now. I guess. I can't, I can't fathom that. 
um, unless you really, on the inside of the walls of 1265, unless you really, really 110% believe you had all the talent there and it was coached well and players just failed, unless you really believe that, how in the world does Mo Drayton still have his job? I mean, you're still probably going through your process, and I understand all of that. Okay. But I, I just don't get it. I, I really thought over the weekend it would be um, it, it would be announcement would be made, and we'd probably talk about it today, and then it would all be just let's move on. But I cannot believe that Mo Drayton uh, is still the, as of right now anyway, still the special teams coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Say the banana Just, kick that we broke out a few weeks ago. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Um, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break, hang in there. Um, let's see here. Got a, got Mark and Steve and James, everybody hitting us up over on the Facebook fan page and on YouTube. Oh, yeah, and on YouTube, by the way, if you subscribe to YouTube, absolutely free. Go to YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. And you can find us over there. Thanks so much to everybody for, uh, for liking the page. We appreciate it. Stay tuned. We got more right after this. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Oh, that's not a, a, a real huge story. No, it's kind of big. Kind of big. Packers have not made a move as of right now on their uh, special teams deal, so. See what happens if you get uh, some papal smoke starting to come out the uh, the chimneys of 1265 before it's all said and done. Six years ago today, we were wandering around San Francisco for the Super Bowl. Just popped up in some of my Facebook memories. Six years ago today. There you go. Just, just found it cool. All the things that uh, myself and Mike Clemens and I, uh, we uh, and, and Erica and the staff have had a chance to do. Cool stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, this is from Lisa who says, if they don't let go of Mo Drayton, then what? Um, I, look, here's the bottom line. Okay, let's between you, me, and the fence post, right? If they don't let go of Mo Drayton, you're still going to be a fan of the Packers, right? You're not. You're not going to. You're not going to run off and leave. You know, then they're, they're all that kind of stuff. Um. This is uh, from Nick that says, "Is there anything?" Uh, to be said that uh, Hackett wanted Stenovich and not Getze, and the Packers blocked it, but the Packers were willing to let uh, Getze go to the Bears. Not that I know of. I mean, I have not heard. Now, yes, it, let me let me go back. If you wanted to bring in um, Stenovich as the offensive coordinator to Denver, like if Getze was being asked to be the offensive coordinator in 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 either place. 
they could have gone. You're making an upward move. The only time you can make a lateral move in the NFL is if you ask permission to a team and the team then grants it. Otherwise, no, you can't just say, okay, I'm going to make a lateral move. But you can talk to certain certain people if you're going to make an upward move. But they were going to be coordinators but not play callers in uh, in Denver because Nathaniel Hackett's going to be the play caller. Whereas Luke Getze was going to take over and be the offensive coordinator in Green Bay, but he was not going to be a play caller. He wanted to be a play caller, so therefore the Bears deal offered him more than what the Packers deal did. And Stenovich obviously moving up to be the uh, the offensive coordinator in Green Bay. But I think it was it's not necessarily where they didn't want Getze. I think they probably did. It's just that Getze wants to be a play caller, and Stenovich has never been a play caller. Stenovich is moving up from the line position to an offensive coordinator. You kind of got to... You got to walk before you run. So, whereas Getzey was already a big part of, you know, play scheming, if you will, putting the plan together and working in conjunction with Aaron Rodgers and obviously the head coach and the play caller, Matt LaFleur. Uh, the Speakeasy says uh, Packer staff, they're coaching the NFC Pro Bowl, uh, won't let Drayton go until after. That's possible, but. Right now, you've got young coaches that are looking to fill their staffs. So I don't necessarily buy into that. I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't buy into that. I know that uh, both uh, Vrabel and, um, and LaFleur are putting together their staff for the, for the Pro Bowl up, coming up this weekend, but I, I don't. Maybe that's part of it, but when you've got it right now, head coaches starting to put their staffs together and starting to look further down the road for coordinators and such, um, I got to assume that if you're not going to bring Drayton back, you got to let the open market know that he's available if you want to interview this guy right now. I don't know specifically how that works, but I really thought, as many thought, you know, it's not just myself. I was flipping through and looking at some of the uh, some of the people that covered the Packers. They were a little bit surprised that. Mo Drayton is still a part of the staff. And nobody's really brought up the fact that um nobody's really brought up the fact that, you know, that the the you know the Pro Bowl, the Pro Bowl staff is gonna be LaFleur's. So I I don't know if that holds true. I couldn't honestly tell you. Um Who's this from? This is from Dave. Dave says, uh, hey, Bill, great games yesterday. Has this not been one of the best postseasons ever? I don't Dave, being a prisoner of the moment, yeah. You know what? Absolutely awesome. I don't know about the best ever. I have not sat down and 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 done all of this. I have not sat and looked at all of this as far as what exciting games there were and what exciting games there weren't and such, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you this. I know every weekend it has kept me glued to the television. It's been fantastic. I mean, even... Even though the the Packers lost, okay, which was a complete gut punch, it, every game was right down to the to the, the either overtime or the last second. You had walk off field goals, you know. You had it plays in overtime, touchdowns in overtime. Go back to the Travis Kelsey catch in the back of the corner of the end zone, you know, to put him there over the uh, over the Buffalo Bills and the way that game panned out. Matthew Stafford throwing the touchdown pass and kind of going toe to toe with Tom Brady, and you you go through that entire that entire growth list. Of games, it, it was an incredibly, incredibly exciting game or exciting weekend and postseason so far for the NFL. The NFL has just 
when you look at the ratings for the NFL, and I don't know what the ratings were for yesterday, but the week prior, they were they were up huge, huge, not just like a million, tens of millions of viewers that stayed throughout these games, thus proving that the NFL just reigns supreme over everything. That's it. I mean, the NFL is just, just they, they got it. They own it right now. They are the national pastime. As much as you want to talk about baseball being what it is, uh, and I get it, there's a romance to baseball, but this is, psh, come on. The NFL has been supreme, big time. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to uh, chime in, great to do so. Phone lines are wide open. Give us a shout. 877-867-1670. Um, I, I did want to go back uh, because I wanted to uh, talk, and we will talk more about this, but I wanted to talk a little bit more uh, about Wisconsin. And uh, obviously over the weekend they got yet another win. Uh, after losing to Ohio State, uh, they get went on to beat Nichols. They went on to beat Illinois State, Purdue at number three at the time, Iowa, Maryland, Ohio State. They got revenge on Northwestern. And then they lost to Michigan State, and you thought, oh, boy, you know, there was an opportunity there. But they bounced back. They put back-to-back wins together, got the win over Nebraska, got the win over Minnesota at the Kohl Center yesterday in uh, in fine fashion, looked good in doing so. You know, you've got Illinois coming up on Wednesday, number 18 in the country, and then you get a quick lull because you go 18 in the country, then you go against Penn State before you come back and you're on the road now, you have to go to Michigan State, where you get a chance to get a little bit of revenge. I can't believe that we're we're entering the month of February already, as today is January 31st, already. And I saw yesterday the first commercials on CBS for March Madness. I'm like, wow, that, that was fast. I Don't get me wrong, I love it. And whenever you hear that March Madness music, it's got... The Monday Night Football theme, the March Madness music, uh, the music that is in when they finally start hitting buckets and getting wins in the movie Hoosiers, when you think of you know some of the athletics of music and, and in conjunction. Not that Shining Moment does anything for me because it just doesn't. But those songs, man, that, that conjures up emotion big time. Love it. That's a tough um, so, take, though. One shining moment. No, I am not a fan of one shining on. moment because it's a it's a contrived thing. It was there wasn't one shining moment for a long time, and then all of a sudden somebody wrote it. I get it. It's it's it is it's it's a powerful song, but it it it's it most things that become great become great and withstand the test of time over time. And they become great almost organically. And they become synonymous with, I get One Shining Moment fits all of those criteria. But in the grand scheme of things, when you hear the beginning of Monday Night Football, if you grew up in the era of truly Monday Night Football, going back to Howard Cosell and company from the 70s, the 80s, and on up, before it really went kind of off the rails by going to ESPN, that music still inspires. Uh, There is no better music than the CBS March Madness music. That 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 initial music that they play going into, say the games and such, uh, for March Madness, and then obviously uh, the best sporting movie music, in my opinion, is as Little Hickory starts to win games down the stretch and get themselves, you know, in position to get into the postseason, the uh, Indiana you know high school basketball postseason, and then that music obviously plays 
That's fantastic. But other than that, you know, I mean, what other songs really inspire in music when it comes to sports? Well, no other songs have videos of a girl playing the piccolo and crying at the same time. Oh, no. <laughs> this is true. Like, you don't get that anywhere else. I'm a like, big fan of the SEC on CBS, golf on CBS, all that, but, but golf, none of it. Well, you know what? The master's music. There you go. That will give it to you. That, 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 that I agree with. It's not the one shining moment music. It's the scenes no. of like yeah, people sobbing but, their eyes out while playing an instrument. It's hilarious. Yeah, no, it, it's... Yeah, the, that that doesn't that doesn't do it for me. Although I do agree with the girl playing the piccolo. Was she from Xavier University or from UConn? Villanova? Villanova. I remember it was a dark blue uniform. I couldn't remember. Villanova. And as a Nova fan in my early childhood, that was a tough day. Um, the uh, this all, Jack. You're right, man. If you go back in years, now you will you will not remember this, uh, Ben, because you're too young. But the old uh, this week in baseball music. When you heard this week in baseball music, that, I mean, I couldn't wait for Saturdays as a kid to watch this week in baseball. Uh, oh, my God. It was just, it, it was the recap of what went on for the entire week of of Major League Baseball. That was, I remember that. That was, that, that was inspiring. I mean, I could hear it. I'd get up in the morning. And this week in baseball played at like uh, 11 o'clock Eastern. And because then you had the game of the week on. And I think it was either on NBC or CBS was the game of the week. And as Kurt Gowdy, going back years and years, now I'm really dating myself, Kurt Gowdy or Bob Costas. So it was on NBC. Kurt Gowdy, Bob Costas did it for a long time. Um, but it was the game of the week. And right before that, they had This Week in Baseball uh, with Mel Allen. This Week in Baseball. Yeah. That was, God, that was good music. And I'd be, I remember, I mean, you, you turn the, because that was back in the day before even remote controls. So you turn the knob, you get the TV all set up. I'd run in and start to grab breakfast, and then you'd hear it. You're like, you're, you're cranking out of the kitchen, running around the corner because you always wanted to see the highlights on this week in baseball as Mel Allen went through what they were what they were going to discuss. So that was great. Terry says the Masters. Yeah, the, we talked about that. The Masters music before Augusta. Yeah, that's that uh, that was uh, that is um, that, that's synonymous with the Masters. I mean, the minute you hear it, you know exactly what it is. Exactly what it is. There's only a few pieces of music that are completely synonymous with the sport. I get one not one shining moment, but that to me is a contrived piece of music that was written for. This some of these things just grew organically. I feel like the master's music just makes me think about sleeping at three p.m. <laughs> on a Sunday on my couch. You know what the master's what the master's music represents to me? First of all, is golf and the tradition that is Augusta, but it represents spring. When I hear that Masters music, I know that spring is right around the corner. Oh, when I, I know see the first suddenly... commercial of the year, nothing like it. Yeah. Oh, well, they've already been playing those. The Masters. What is it, in April? Yeah. I saw the first yeah. commercial like two weeks ago when it was negative yes. 25. It's like, all right, yes. it's spring. Yes. Yes. They start showing the highlights, and then it just fades to green with that yellow Masters, the Masters logo. It says the Masters coming in April. You know, and it's just so cool. But when you hear that music for the first time in the CBS broadcast, you you feel like you're getting ready for that scene going down Magnolia Lane, and you're going to see the flowers, you're going to see the greenery so impeccably well-kept, and you're going to say, you know what, first and foremost, my yard will never look like that, and secondly, I can finally I can finally smell a little bit of spring in the air. Just a little bit, just a, just a, just a tiny bit. 
Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away now that we've gone down memory lane in that sense. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, here's Mike Clemens. It's the Bengals and the Rams in the Super Bowl. We'll have reports every day from L.A. As the Bill Michaels Show broadcasts live from Super Bowl 56 all next week, the Rams held on to beat the 49ers 20-17 to win the NFC. Rams head coach Sean McVay asked if it was worth trading all those draft picks to Detroit for quarterback Matthew Stafford. I, you know, I think he's played like we thought he would. And he's, you know, no moment's too big for him. I can tell you that much. He's elevating everybody around him. You know, we got one more. We know it's going to be a great challenge. So happy for Zach Taylor and the Bengals. What a tough, resilient group they are. But really so happy for Matthew, Andrew Whitworth. I mean, you know, Aaron Donald, Vaughn. And there's just so many guys that I'm just so happy for. Jalen Ramsey, but we got some more work to do. Cincinnati is back in the Super Bowl for the first time since 1988. Bengals head coach Zach Taylor, after a 27-24 upset win over the Chiefs on the road in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium. I'm happy for this team and everyone in the organization. But you can't help but, but think about all the people back in Cincinnati celebrating right now and all the people that were here it felt like half the stadium you know at the end of the game when the game was over and all of our fans got down there uh it was it was a special moment and hopefully we can get them all out to LA we can figure that out get the planes the shuttles the trains whatever we got to do and we're gonna have to have our best on that on that Sunday in the Super Bowl and Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett was introduced as the new head coach of the Denver Broncos Hackett talked about his path in the NFL from the Bills to the Jaguars to the last three years in Green Bay back at Buffalo going to Jacksonville I mean that 2017 season was unbelievable and it was about those guys working together and believing in each other I mean, that experience there. And then you go to the Green Bay Packers. I mean, I'm telling you, the Green Bay Packers, that, what a great organization. Amazing place to be. Matt LaFleur, I mean, I will thank him forever. I'm going to make a run uh, at being the sexiest coach in the, in the NFL against him. That's the Broncos' new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Good stuff, Mike Clemens, yours truly. T-minus, five days and counting, and then we head out to Los Angeles in Hollywood and SoFi Stadium and Inglewood, California, and uh, all over. We're going to be hanging out as uh, we try to bring you all the pageantry that is the Super Bowl, as we've got the uh, L.A. Rams hosting Cincinnati. I don't even know. I, I would assume the Rams are the home team. Who is technically the home team in this contest, Ben? Do you know? Off the top of your head? No. Hmm. Bengals, actually. Cincinnati. That's what I thought. They actually get the home team locker room. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's why, because as much as the Rams have the host, I think Cincinnati gets the home. That's what I thought. I thought Cincinnati was the home team in this one. They get the home team locker room. So the Rams actually have to go dress in the visiting team locker room. Cincinnati gets the home team locker room. So a little bit, a little bit weird in that regard, but nevertheless, it's uh, hopefully it's going to shape up and be a really, really good game. We shall see. Uh, 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. Want to hit us up? That's a phone number to go ahead and do so. Give us a shout. But uh, let me see. This is what... uh, This is from Mark. And Mark...
Mark says, uh, when are you going to be out in L.A.? we got a whole contingent of people heading out there for both business and pleasure. Um, and I, well, we're heading out on Saturday. We're going to be there all week. But I, I don't know what our schedule is. I know that uh, there's a media event. That, usually the media event's on Tuesday. And the um, I think it was moved to Friday because they're hosting a media event on Friday night, which is the same night as, I think it's Shaq's Funhouse Party. And then there's another event. That's Ditka's, Mike Ditka's Cigars with the Stars that's out there. But I don't know what the evening schedules are. I, I, I don't, I, I couldn't honestly tell you. So, don't know. Don't know. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, Mark says, subscribe for a long time over on YouTube. Glad to be one of your initial subscribers. Uh, it has certainly grown. Will you be doing the YouTube thing out there as well? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah, we're going to, wherever we're at, we're going to try to show as much as we possibly can. So YouTube, uh, and then don't forget, follow us on the Facebook fan page as well. Uh, Facebook.com slash The Bill Michael Show. And you can, you can find us there also. And we're going to do a lot of social media and stuff. That, Instagram. Uh, some, of the, uh, some, of the, uh, some of the live stuff, like Facebook Live and stuff, will be on Facebook only. But, yeah, well, you better believe it. We'll be doing it. Um, we'll be doing it all, all over the place. You bet. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. Stay tuned. we got a lot more coming up right after this. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.